It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter at the Paddy Packer on Instagram. And this is a quick podcast. I thought I'd get on and thought I'd get on. Oh, God, Stephen, you absolute Irishman. I thought I would get on. Got to own it. Got to own it. Um, yeah, I think I've told that story before um, where I had this real proud moment in a in a bank and it just ended up with your one saying oh say 33 and one third i was like oh yeah cool okay thanks see ya so um yeah i thought i'd get on thought i would get on and just talk a little bit uh of this and that and then dip off because i'm on a week of annual leave and i'm spending time with the family and um you know th- things are bigger in life um steve you know uh, and all that kind of jazz and also i'm doing the 1919 club video after this podcast as well what is the 1919 club and let me bore you for like i say 20 seconds so it's a raffle so there's 40 spots four quid a spot uh winner takes a signed jersey runner up takes a signed pick um you pay friends and family on paypal there's going to be one every month and also our gold patreon package members all of those patrons with gold packages, uh, they can get a free um, place in the raffle and also they get a t-shirt after six months. So if there's anybody interested, because we did see people jump on and say, damn, missed it because these things sell out super fast. The way to make sure that you don't miss out on that spot is that you can become a patron gold member and you're automatically entered every single month. Um, so anyway, the prize this time around is an Adrian Amos uh, signed jersey and a Lane Taylor signed pick how's everyone's um hair doing by the way with this COVID-19 stuff mine is out of control out of control it's a fantastic opportunity as a family man because you can do this stuff as a dad you can do it anyway but um it's even funnier when you do it as a dad because it drives the family mad I'm wearing a Patrick Mahomes style Packers and that's not the Patrick Mahomes thing headband so I'm going around looking like Mr. Motivator um so you know if you can't embarrass your kids when they're four and two um what can you do uh, highlight of today and probably my life is the fact that um, I was playing a caveman game with my son, as you do. And I came in and had to run upstairs and get something. And he came in and told my better half that I was his best friend and that he loved me. And someone's cutting onions in the podcast studio. So, um, yeah, absolute highlight. So I'm delighted with that. So life made and it's going on my CV now. So there we go. So anyway, uh, NFL games 2020 cancelled. Um, there's some re- really unapologetic dudes in the States. Because when this was announced, every single tweet underneath it was like, well, as it should be, you know, and all this kind of stuff. You know, American football being American and all that kind of stuff. And lads, it's a, you're being mean, okay? You're being so mean. But the thing is, like, it's a big event for people here. And we see Packer fans all the time. Some of them actually almost forego say, saving for our annual trip because they enjoy the Wembley atmosphere and everything like that. They'd rather go to catch some of those games that are more convenient than sort of, you know, trundling over stateside and, and all that kind of stuff to get their fix. So some of the boys, some of the girls uh, over here, ladies, um, absolutely love the International Series games. And they'll be devastated now that they're gone because they're, it's a, you know, it's a whole fanfare. The hundreds of thousands of people go through Regent Street and it's getting bigger and better. The coverage is getting better as well. So they've confirmed that the four London games and the one in Mexico City 
is going to be played in the States. I don't know if the season is going to be played at all. There's talk about them bringing back the Premier League uh, on this side of the pond for all of the American listeners. Um, and then pumping in crowd noise and all that kind of stuff. I just don't know how it's going to work, especially Lambo. I mean, we've been to Lambo now lots, and it's the whole atmosphere of sitting side by side, eating breakfast, and um, having a having a good old time, doing shot skis, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, scary times, but anyway, there we go. People aren't being very sympathetic online, so screw you guys, we're going home. But come here. I want to talk briefly about, and this is going to be the last thing I'm going to say about it, is this Aaron Rodgers situation. It's just... Like when draft night came around on the on the first round, I was howling uh, because of some of the real emotional <laughs> tweets that were being, you know, and I've saved a couple of them. So if that was you, you're in my phone book. And then also videos uh, of one person in particular that was unbelievably cringe. And I'm going to whip that out like the toilet bowl one. Um, if it becomes a success, if it's not, well then... Fine, all right, but just can't sort of claim your overreactions were right and heralded at the time. Um, it kind of makes sense. But one thing that this did do for me um, was it completely washed out the pretenders and clickbait media personnel because the amount of, um, and I'm doing this with air quotes, kind of pundits who come out and the biggest load of drivel that they're they're peddling. I know everyone wants a bit of drama in the off-season. You know, like there's always drama in the off-season. There was, you know, it's just... McCar- is this McCarthy's last year he's on the hot seat and then there's um, Aaron Rodgers versus Matt LaFleur and you know all of these fake quotes about him being the problem and all this kind of stuff and then we do well at least numbers wise and we thought that this year would be the year I guess that they go into the draft and everyone's saying wide receiver so must be true and that doesn't happen so then people freak out and again sort of breaking it down the amount of people that I've seen online that said Oh, you know what? I've I've had time to think about it, and you you know what? It actually makes sense. It's like okay, well then maybe, you know, it's a real caveat that the internet is forever or whatever. But um, yeah, some of the pretenders try to say like, oh, you know, they're gonna cut him, and this is quarterback controversy and all that. And I'm gonna approach that in a while. But this could be the eureka moment of the draft. And what's fired this as well as Brett Favre. Brett Favre has got on and he spoke on the the Rich Eisen show. Now I love Brett Favre. Um. Looking back at his playing time, fantastic. But the drama, the wishy-washy, will I, won't I retire drama at the end of his career really put the team in a bind. And there was all of these rumours circulating and enough articles written about how, you know, they allegedly have to had to massage Favre's ego because he kind of, you know, it's like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Like, oh, I'll go up into those hills. No, don't let it, you know, have to keep convincing him down again. And that, that seemed to be what it was. And, you know, the position is the most important one in football. So to be wishy-washy and when you don't know if you're going to go into a season where he's going to hang up the boots. Because ultimately, right, you end one of two ways. You bring someone in to learn behind a quarterback, to learn the system and to learn from greatness. And like, what? how amazing is it about someone sit behind Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers openly says now is that he was able to sit behind Farvey is what he calls him and learn some of the stuff that he did he certainly didn't learn the interception stuff but he learned a lot more and so when it comes to Jordan Love to be able to sit behind him Grant if it doesn't work out fine they've got enough time but it ends one of two ways you're you kind of squeeze the last juice out of your QB or he gets injured and then you go searching for a guy and you tank the next couple of seasons or 
you try bring someone in um, train them up behind that person in the event of um, a catastrophic injury and Jesus if you've seen the Alex Smith documentary it is absolutely shocking stuff the fact that he nearly died you know and this is a guy who's inextricably linked word of the podcast to Aaron Rodgers with him going first and Aaron Rodgers falling down the board and that's how the Packers came to him blah 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 right but to see Alex Smith you know from a personal level and then seeing the injuries that A-Rod has had between Marnie and then also the collarbone a quarterback can easily get knocked out of the game and with Alex Smith like I did I wasn't really in tune with it to be honest um and the brother-in-law's uh Washington fan and so you know he was saying like oh he nearly died and I was like oh Jesus and then I watched the documentary I was like god this is bigger than football so you never know when that's going to happen um, and I'm not saying that you know Jordan Love would be good to go at that stage or whatever but the thing is you know you either have that situation and then you're up um, the creek or you bring someone in to sit behind them and then see if they develop into anything you know they have pre-seasons to take a look at them um, maybe if the Packers go up to a mad lead they just bang him in there and see what he can do might be a bust who knows um but then there was that other thing that came out during the week about you know how how many times aaron Rodgers was thrown to a first round um pick and it was mercedes lewis last year and people go oh look at that they're thinking okay well how many times do we see that sports illustrated cover of craig jennings and jermichael finley and randall cobb and jordy nelson and all these so you know you're looking at these boys and then you're like oh and then you're you're whining about no first round picks it's so annoying too because like the amount of podcasts that I've devoted to the wide receiver thing even before the draft to say listen if you don't get a guy in the first round it's grand don't worry about it uh, you know it's further down the draft that you could pick up value or whatever um, and then there's more stuff coming out this week of people screenshotting stuff um, you know about how open some receivers are that Alan Lazard gets open regularly that Aaron Rodgers fixates on Devontae Adams too much now again I've rubbished and poo-pooed that thing um, before as well but the amount of things that have come out sort of banging on about first-round drafts are to be all and end all by doing the analysis. But of course, not everyone in the world uh, listens to it. And those who have might not agree with it, whatever. Um, so it's really annoying that people are still fixated on it. And there's still the memes being churned out about, you know, guys in a coma and wakes up and says, oh, I can't wait to see what wide receivers we've drafted. Like, you know, if that's your bag and that's what you find funny, then fine. But it's just getting really tiresome now. And then, so you go the route then of saying, right, let's not train up the guy behind us or whatever. Um, you know, let's draft him when we need him. So I'm pretty sure the Packers, in their mind, are thinking Matt LaFleur gets in the door, his offensive scheme. You know, we went from an awful team uh, performance and record uh, to, you know, just shy of the Super Bowl. And Matt LaFleur was the first, you know, head coach in Green Bay history to win X amount of games in his first season, all this type of stuff. Now, us Packer fans, when, you know, who were listening to this and, and me and the boys, when we delve into it, yes, there was massive deficiencies and some of those games covered up some really grisly stuff. We almost limped over the line in some of those games. And I think our record is more flattering than what we are. But we still did it. And that's what I was saying all season. Like, it's the sign of a good team that can grind out the win and uh, no matter what, and use different weapons. That's how the Carolina Panthers got to the Super Bowl and drove me crazy when I was covering them on Sunshine One of Six Point Eight. Because every week I had to talk about them, and I was like, "Well, this is the week that it's you know it's all going to end in, in tears for these boys." Um, and they ended up going almost the whole hog. So you get to the draft, you draft someone when you can, and then you look at these guys. You know, there's two to five guys ish every single draft. 
and then there's people that go for Baker Mayfield there's you know RG3 back in the day um Trubisky the, you know that's really funny <laughs> right that's that's hilarious what the Bears did especially that they could have had Mahomes but they traded up and got Trubisky however they thought that he was the dude and it's the thing your QB goes down you really need one um, your franchise is a bit sucky and then you move up and try to get your guy and then it can perpetuate it just goes round and round and around and that's what you're left with so I don't know what people want us to do like take a stab at it or not and Gudekunz came out before the draft and said that the, you know the quarterback is, is that's where we start that's where you start grading and, and putting people on your board is the is the quarterback position so LaFleur comes in first year and knocks out a great record the expectation is, is that the, the playbook settles down a bit uh, they put more stuff in and take some stuff out. They've got more playmakers uh, in the draft, although Twitter and analysts would try and make you believe that all of these guys are bums. Um, and you'd expect the record to get better, right? That doesn't mean that we're going to go deeper in the playoffs. But what it does mean is that the Packers' expectation is to remain at that level or in or around get to the playoffs. So what draft position are we going to have in future years? you know, to try pick up a quarterback. So you can understand that if they rated um, Jordan Love highly. And this is what they said. The analysts said, and I know I've been trashing some of these dudes, but this is what some of the analysts said. For what it's worth, on NFL Network, uh, the minute he got drafted by the Packers. When you go look at the video and study this kid, he's got more talent than any other passer in this entire draft. So a massive statement there. Um, but it sort of shows you that this is... This is the quarterback that has the highest potential, that has more talent than everybody else. You know, his, his scouting report has been compared to Aaron Rodgers. So you best believe that if the Packers think, right, so we have Aaron Rodgers, who's 36. He's 37 in December. And if there's a fifth-year option on the contract, five years from now, he'll be 41 going on 42. So, you know, Brett Favre's comments about how he, you know, he has a hunch that Aaron Rodgers will spend his career, you know, the end of his career with another team. It's not all that surprising, seen as an awful lot of the greats, that's the way it goes. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, he was still bringing the team to Super Bowls or thereabouts. Um, and all this loyalty stuff and that he was family and they had Jimmy Garoppolo, which was the successor. And then his contract came up and then they decided to ship him off um, to the Niners for, for a packet of crisps and um, a hobnob. So then, you know, Kraft is calling them family and it's all of this stuff. The relationship is amazing. Tom Brady said, my wife is a supermodel. I don't need the cash. So, you know, took massive pay cuts in his contract. And now he's playing with the books. It's not weird that, if, you know, a 42, 43-year-old quarterback, if he still wants to play, gets shipped off. Now, I hate when people say the hunch. But for me, from listening to Aaron Rodgers' comments and not from just pure conjecture, is that when he did that podcast that time where he kind of, you know, just spoke about mostly about his interests and aliens and all this kind of stuff, his, his other hobbies and things, not that aliens are his hobbies. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, NASA scientist, you know, he spoke about the Super Bowl and awful of these players do it, that when they win it and they lost the trophy, they kind of go, well, is this it? You know, and I don't deny that he's a hyper competitive guy because I'll get onto his comments now in a minute. But, you know, it's just, I got the feeling from him with his, you know, cerebral attitude and his interest outside and coupled with the, the the amount of money that he's earned and the fact that he doesn't need to be earning that cash and all of that kind of stuff. I always thought he might hang up the boots earlier rather than later. Now, we know his comments are to the contrary, you know, 
Um, but I don't know if an awful lot of that would be down to a new coach comes in and they say to him, oh, how long do you want to play? And then he says, oh, well, I want to play into my into my 40s. Um, because up until that point, I was convinced that, you know, when his new contract is coming up, the shock move, he'd, he'd pull out Andrew Luck um, and he'd hang up the boots. So he says he wants to play into his 40s. He'll be 41 going on 42 again. They need to worry about Jordan Love's contract. Um, but this whole thing from Favre that he has a hunch that he's going to go somewhere else, it's not as if that is new. One of the one of the good takeaways from Favre's interview with Rich Eisen was is Eisen asked him, you know, did Ted Thompson call him when they were going to draft Aaron Rodgers? And he kind of rubbished that and said, no, nah, like you wouldn't expect them to ring a player to say that they're going to draft a backup um or a successor or whatever so no they didn't they didn't contact him but in fairness to him he could have said and we all know Favre has an ego he could have turned around and said you know like a, and he did kind of you know go one way and then backtrack on it at the same time but he did say that it would have been unusual league-wide to to call um and then Eisen comes in and I like Rich Eisen he's been doing it a long time now you know he's one of the one of the stalwarts there but you know he was saying you know would you not have just given him a five or ten minute heads up just to say, you know, this is what we're going to do and all this kind of, kind of stuff. Now, do you really think you're going to call Aaron Rodgers and say to him with a five-minute phone call conversation, oh, by the way, we're going to draft a quarterback. What what do you expect him to say? Is he going to say, well, I prefer you don't. And they go, oh, okay then. And then draft somebody else. Because look, Aaron Rodgers has a right then to ask, okay, you know, real quick, <laughs> is he my successor? Is that what you're planning? Uh, what's your thought process to this? What do you want my role to be in his development if you are drafting him? What does that mean for my contract? Where do you see my future? You know, all of these are legitimate questions, but it's almost like we... It's like Mike Tyson in his prime or Floyd Mayweather or whatever. You know, did, did these guys think or did the media actually think that, you know, this is this is the end? I know there's all this nonsense that, you know, he's fell off and, you know, he does this, that and the other and all these flaws... But he's still operating at a ridiculously high level. So do you really think someone with that competitive edge, you know, and being, you know, this guy's agents have agents. Do you really think he's he's sort of, he's quaking in his boots and saying, oh, well, you know, like he's going to continue to operate at his level. I don't think it's sending any messages because that would be a really dumb thing to do. You know, but five years is a really long time to sit a, a quarterback behind. And all of this nonsense about, oh, they can't just sit him for five. They need to, you know, two, and then he has to play after the third to see. No, you don't. Like, where's that crap coming from? I mean, if you're going to let him walk after his contract or whatever, or, you know, put him out to pasture when he wants to go in seven years' time or whatever, you're going to be in the position that, are you ready to pop in a quarterback that's going to play straight away? So what's the difference about, like, oh, well, you need to see if he can play before... No, you don't. You can let him sit out his five years and then if Rogers wants to retire, throw him in and see how he does. But five years is a really long time. Five years ago from now was Deflategate and the left shark being a thing. Five years ago from now was the whole FIFA scandal with Sepp Blatter. That seems like, you know where that dude went up and just uh, threw loads of money into the air? To, like, to really put it in perspective, five years ago, Zayn left One Direction. I mean, do I need to say any more? Also, there was that whole debate over whether the dress was gold or white or blue or black, and it was obviously gold and white. If if you say blue and black, you're a monster. Absolute monster. And Cecil the Lion got shot in the face by a dentist. All of this happened five years ago. That seems like forever ago. 
quarantine started five years ago. 2015 was the first week of the coronavirus. That's how long ago it was. So the Brett Favre interview, and there was an awful lot of sort of stuff thrown at Favre telling him to shut up and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, when it comes down to saying, oh, well, I think this is what it is, and I think it's burning bridges and all of this type of stuff, it wasn't as if it was that unforeseen. The lad said it on the draft podcast. Um, Daniel Gilmartin, if you're listening, uh, he left a comment on a YouTube video asking, do we have a look at Jordan Love if that's the case? Of which our comment was, it's hard to know how high they are, but, you know, he's getting an awful lot of media attention. But by far the absolute weirdest thing about this whole conversation and this furore about what he thinks and oh, I wonder how he's feeling about it if that's what they're going to do is that he literally addressed this whole scenario on Wilde and Tausch just before the draft. Because Gudekunst had come out already and said, yeah, you know, we could draft a quarterback. Because of course, like what do the sort of clickbaiters love to do? Sort of, hey Goody, are you going to draft a quarterback? You know, and he's going to say... Uh, yeah, you know, if the value's high, but that's that's his philosophy. That's what he said he was he was doing. They start with the quarterback. So again, they asked Aaron Rodgers about it, and he actually gave his answer. Not only that, he banged out an Instagram thing saying, you know, chilling vibes or whatever. But this is what he said before. They said to him, "Would you have an issue with them drafting a quarterback?" He literally said, and I quote, "I wouldn't have a problem." Then he said, I'm a realist. I know where we're at as an organization and where I'm at in my career. And what should be the storyline to all of this is this quote. I still feel I have a ton of years left to play at a top level. Whoever they bring in, they're not going to beat me out. Unquote. So if anything, this is going to put the fire under Aaron's arse. So all of these videos, and I think Pat McAfee's super entertaining. Um, and... Some of these other boys talking about, oh, well, you know, Aaron's going to feel this way. All right, look, if he has a chip on his shoulder or whatever, even though he said literally that he wouldn't have a problem with it. um, And if he's being genuine with those comments, well, then why are we even questioning what type of message that this sends? And from speaking on the podcast with the lads um, on the draft stuff, if you want to go back and listen to it, is that it's the way the board fell thereafter and not having that fourth rounder as well that kind of hit against things but he's literally said how he feels about it this puts the fire under his arse makes him play at a great level he wins two more Super Bowls nobody remembers who Jordan Love is and we move on or is Jordan Love is there to witness all of this um, but I'm sure there'll be a ton of coverage about how he's doing and how he's going to look and I feel bad for that dude because A Aaron Rodgers is speaking like whoever they bring in they're not going to beat me out so whoever they bring in he's going to go absolutely nuts now, Favre turns around and says in the thing, oh, if they go 0-3, you know, it'll bring a bit of pressure. Like, no, it's, no, it's not. Will it? Like, if it does, anybody call him for Jordan Love if you go 0-3. But anyway, I feel bad for the kid because he's going to get in and not only is he getting Aaron Rodgers, which is a fantastic thing. He's getting fired up Aaron Rodgers. You know, so see ya. I mean, who can go toe-to-toe with fired up Aaron Rodgers? But he's going to get to witness that greatness. The scrutiny that that kid is going to be under as well. Because not only is he being brought in behind the great, who people are very affectionate for, and two, he's going to be brought in behind the guy and it's if he can't do what Aaron does straight away, they'll be like, oh, well, how's this kid supposed to match up to Aaron? And you're like, oh, that's not that's not what it's about. But that's, that's, the, that's the yardstick that he'll be measured against now. Is that he'll be brought in and go, well, 
they've brought him in to replace him so you know is he, is he, is he able to do it that pass and practice is pretty crap you know you're kind of thinking okay we need to bear in mind that we're letting this kid in um, to learn see what he has and if it's not what we need well then we'll move on like every other backup quarterback that we had Matt Money Flint got paid Brett Hudley was supposed to be fantastic you know there was talk about him you know potentially coming in behind A-Rod sitting there and learning that didn't work out Manny Wilkins got let go Boyle is there so I mean there's been plenty of dudes uh, Callahan, we Taysom Hill Jesus can you imagine the hype of Taysom Hill was still around there's still hype and you know when we see Taysom Hill get contracts with the Saints and he looked like a, a gadget dude when we had him as well it just is what it is but I'd love to end the Aaron Rodgers talk and I'd love to not click on any of the articles and by and large I do stay away from it all and I think that what we need is Packer positivity. Now, I know that that sounds cringe and I'm an Irish man with no emotion. Apart from a kid tells me he loves me. And I think that's what we need. Hashtag Packer positivity. And if anyone else said it, I would be having cringe convulsions right now. Um, You know, and I don't want it to be cringy. And I don't want it to be like, oh, let's all come together, guys. You know, all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, can we just remember the the nonsensical nonsensers you know these guys whoa i think uh, parker's gonna trade uh, a route to the patriots come the new sin like can we just quit that garbage now because it's just it's so tiring and bring a bit of positivity to the thing you know bang up your highlight reel stuff and um, talk about how excited you are and all that kind of stuff because otherwise it's all just conjecture and if you're gonna pretend the future's crap you can also pretend the future's gonna be grand so maybe do that and you know that's all I'm saying. And I don't want to be cringy with the Packer positivity like Joe Burrows with the um, cigar. That is still probably num- the number one cringiest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm not saying that, but can we all just blow the stink off ourselves, shake off the you know bad corona vibes um, and try to get behind the team? It's more fun because we're doing it for the crack. You know, we're doing it for the laugh. We're doing it to... Have a community, have something fun to watch. So why bog ourselves down with the BS? I don't know. Anyway, there it is. I want to give a big shout out. Uh, thanks for all the new Patreons, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and for people following me on the Paddy Packer um, and following the social media groups at the UK Packers. And apologies for anybody who missed out on our 1919 Raz. The winners are going to be announced in our 10-minute Tuesday video. If you want to see some of our other videos, um, go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers uh, to keep updated. This podcast ended up being far longer than I expected. But there you go. Anyway, um, I hope you're doing all you can. Getting out for your exercise uh, and generally keeping healthy during um, COVID-19. And yeah, I'm looking forward to literally rubbing shoulders with some of you at some meetups. And God knows when that'll be. But look, um, stay strong and do reach out to me um, if you want. I always love hearing from you guys at NFL on Twitter. And um, yeah, stay tuned. I'll talk to you next week. Stay safe. See you.